Welcome to Finding My Fit, your go-to podcast for all things women's health, self-love and eating disorder recovery. If you enjoy the podcast, I would absolutely love for you to leave me a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. And if you're interested in self-love and gratitude and self-reflection as much as I am, you are bound to absolutely love my Etsy products. My Etsy shop is called Finding My Fit Store and it's linked in the show notes of every single podcast episode. And with that being said, let's get on into today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoy. So welcome back everybody to the podcast Finding My Fit. Today I'm joined by William Farrow, who is the founder of Better Health and he's a gut health enthusiast who is a qualified chiropractor. He's super passionate about helping people live happier and healthier lives, which is quite literally what the Finding My Fit podcast is all about. I have in my bio that my aim is to help people live happier and healthier lives. So he's going to fit right in. He helps people take care of anxiety, stubborn fat and chronic conditions by spreading the word about the importance of gut health. This conversation was so interesting. He drops some amazing knowledge bombs. So you're going to want to keep listening let's get on into the episode. So William, please could you let the listeners know a little bit about yourself and what you do? Absolutely. Well, first, let me commend you on the finding my fit, because the my is the most important aspect of uh, that. You know, everybody has their uniqueness and their unique journey and what works best for them. And so I think the the idea of finding my fit versus having a guru or an expert dictate uh, what's fit for you is, uh, you know, really compelling. So uh, pre- I appreciate that. that that's what uh, led me to want to be on your podcast, because I, I really appreciate the messaging there. I'm Dr. William Farrow. I'm the founder of Better Health. And ultimately, what we're trying to do is break the intergenerational cycle of dis-ease. And dis-ease stands for the D-I-S, the, the D stands for doubt, the I stands for inflammation, and the S stands for stress. In a world where we're full of doubt, inflammation, and stress, it's hard to live your life in an easy way. And it's designed that way, right? We're designed to be kept in a state of doubt, inflammation, and stress because disease is the all-time best-selling product in the world. And uh, our goal is to help people recognize where this shows up in their lives to eliminate it and then allow them to express What's more powerful than any other body of research out there is your own body. You know, a plant doesn't need instruction to grow. Uh, A tree doesn't, you know, redwood that can last 200 years doesn't need scientific research to, to grow strong and tall. And ultimately, neither do any of us. We just have to find the right environment ecosystem to where we can thrive. And if we don't do this, we're going to keep passing on this generation after generation of poor health, and of course, wealth. Um, We're going to zap our wealth by spending all of our time, energy, and resources on finding the path to undo disease, when really all we had to do is recognize where it was coming from in the first place. Oh, I love the words that you just said. Doubt, inflammation, and stress. And I think they are definitely at the heart of many different diseases. And I completely agree that our bodies don't need an instruction manual. They don't need research. We've developed over millions of years and our bodies have found their own way of keeping that balance. As long as we give our bodies the right resources to do so, like good food, movement, sunlight, that kind of thing, then it will be able to find its own balance, its own homeostasis. I wanted to 
touch down on doubt, inflammation and stress. Do you think that these three things are at the heart or are the cause of all diseases? I do. Um, you know, Hippocrates is the one who said, look well to the gut for the root of all disease. And of course, we know there's this inextricable link between the, the gut and the brain or the brain gut connection, as we call it. And I, I think in modern day, when we say this brain gut connection is related to everything from how we regulate our blood sugar our hormones our sleep our energy, our weight, our mood, it's important because there is research out there that supports this, but ultimately we already know that <laughs> we are, you know, th this is intuitive in our bodies. And so at the root of this, if you, as you said, allow the body, the ability to have the right sunlight, the exercise, the nourishment, it will repair itself. And if you don't examine where that inflammation is in your life, it could be overlooked. So inflammation can come from the traditional culprits of chemicals, toxicity. It can come from sedentary lifestyle. Inflammation can come from obviously uh, emotional stress. So when we say inflammation is the root cause, well, really what's happening is inflammation starts the body in a decline. It, it takes ease out of the body and then it leads to more biochemical issues that cascade into what we now call conditions. I, I hate that we put names on, on diseases like diabetes and hypertension and anxiety because that's just us, again, wanting to try to be smarter than the body and having to name something. It's qu quite ridiculous. And then you add the stress of our lives, which just fans the flames of inflammation. And then when we seek help or assistance, they sell to us using doubt. They make us doubt ourselves. Well, no, you need to be doing intermittent fasting. You need to do the keto diet. You need to be running. You need to take this medication. You might need surgery. You need mental health. You are lazy and unmotivated. And actually we're telling you you're unworthy when it's absolutely opposite. Uh, we're all whole and complete. We are amazing. This whole concept that people aren't healthy because they are, um, again, unmotivated and lazy. And I kind of always make this, you're across the pond and we have the Americans for, for in the nineties, it was, wow, you Americans are so fat. And, and they would say, Americans are fat and lazy. And then the Europeans would say, man, you guys work too much. You never stop and smell the roses. Well, which is it? Are we fat and lazy or we work too much? Uh, and the truth is, is we are uh, gaining weight and our health is you know, not where we want it to be. It's an epidemic, 40 something percent of us are now obese. And we are working too hard. And we're working too hard, swimming in doubt, bathed in inflammation, and just copious amounts of stress. So the root cause is, will always come down to the inflammation and stress of the ecosystem we're in, and then the doubt that that sows. Because no matter, despite our best efforts, despite joining CrossFit and flipping tires in parking lots and doing everything they told, count calories, like Rain Man and shakes and medications, it always ends up in the same way, it fails. So then that of course, seeds more stress, inflammation and doubt. So we're stuck in this vicious cycle and we're passing it generation to generation. If we can just step back and say, the scientists, we love you, the research, we love you, but I'm gonna go back into my own body and I'm gonna just focus micro locally. I'm gonna act micro locally in my own sense, my own body, that I can then make sure my kids don't have a lower life expectancy than we do. My parents don't have to suffer in their golden years with diabetes. They can continue to enjoy their health and their wealth. And then they can also help by passing that along to the next generation. It's crazy how one of the, either the doubt, the inflammation or the stress 
it's like when one of them begins or when one of them gets worse, it kind of feeds into the other two. So it's like a vicious cycle of one increases the other and then they all end up increasing. They can be kind of the at the heart of many different diseases. I know particularly with inflammation, I've read a lot about that and people are suggesting that that is the primary cause of so many different very common conditions like cardiovascular disease, even cancers. So I think it's really important that we, as a society, become a lot more aware of how these different factors can contribute to our health and to disease. So I kind of want to dive a little bit more into gut health because I think gut health is one of those terms that is, it's become a bit of a buzzword. People like to talk about it, but not that many people really know the ins and outs of what gut health actually is. So if you could break down for the listeners exactly what the words gut health mean. So I studied as a chiropractor and what got me to this journey is I never wanted to be the doctor that just got people out of pain. It just seemed really boring to me. And that's essentially when we worked with chiropractic, it was mostly people coming with neck pain, back pain, shoulders, knees, hips, and, and you know a lot of headaches type stuff. But I was more enthusiastic about having somebody not only come from pain, but get into performance. How do I level them up? When they leave their, my office, I want to impart some knowledge and I want them to be able to enjoy how I live my life. I was always active and, and just love to be active and feel good and, and mentally present. So I started an office inside a health club. And even then, less than 5% of our patient base would actually see long-term success. And it bothered me. It bothered me that, yeah, I had a successful business, but I just was not a success in our services. And at the time, and still now, we blame, we would blame that person. I would say, well, they have no willpower. They didn't really want it. We always talk about that want, desire, and willpower, and motivation. And I, I, I thought to myself, this can't be. So I started researching, should it be this hard? Should we be struggling uh, as humans to just live an easy existence? Like, why is it so hard? And when I examined what was going on in our environment, you realized that we were just pouring on chemicals and toxicity and stress. And then you bring in the advent of social media. And, and really, you can start drawing some incredible lines when you start seeing the popularity of social media and then the population, the increase in anxiety and obesity. It's like a rocket ship. I said, well, what mechanisms does the body have to fight this toxicity, to fight this stress? And it all came down to the gut. The gut's job is to keep bad things out and only let good things in. But if you just come bombard it with bad things, it's going to unfortunately open up the gates and let bad things in because it's letting all of these fighters to go fight this effort. But it, it got overwhelmed. And when it gets overwhelmed, it cannot reduce inflammation. It cannot process carbs, fats, and proteins properly. Your digestive health, when we use this, this term, as you, as you call it, there's 10 trillion cells in the body, but there's 300 trillion natural bacteria that work in unison with your gut. So gut health really means the microbiome, which is all these good, healthy bacteria, in combination with everything from you know cheek to cheek, from your mouth down to your elimination pathway from your large intestines to your colon, Everything in that system works together and its job is to get us the nutrients, help us absorb those nutrients, get those nutrients to work for ourselves in the body, and then eliminate the waste that we're not using. And that unfortunately has been under attack. Thank you so much for clearing all of that up and you explained it so, so well. 
So how does gut health affect? Well, I want to ask you about how it affects a number of different things, but we'll start off with how does gut health or our gut microbiome affect our weight and can changes in our gut microbiome lead to changes in our weight? So weight gain or weight loss? Absolutely. So they, they've, they've, they've studied this. It's something that's intuitive, but they've studied it and they've taken mice and said, all right, we're going to take the fecal composition, which in, is your colony of gut, gut bacteria of an obese mice mouse and put it into a non-obese mice and see what happens. Well, every time they did that, the non-obese mice started to gain weight and vice versa. When they took the microbiome from a thin mouse and put it into an obese mouse, the obese mouse started to lose weight. And the mechanism that we know to be true is that a good, healthy microbiome controls inflammation. If you have inflammation in the body, let's say with uh, type two diabetes or uh, people dealing with polycystic ovarian syndrome or other chronic inflammatory disease processes, what happens is when you have inflammation, it causes insulin resistance. And when you have insulin resistance, you gain weight. That is the stepping stone. So inflammation, insulin resistance, weight gain. Unfortunately, what they give you to combat that is counting calories, shakes, medications, and flipping tires in parking lots, all known to cause inflammation. Uh, and then you get insulin resistance and more weight gain. And actually, the more weight gain you have, which we're talking about, I call it potential energy, but we're talking about stored adipose tissue. Stored adipose tissue also holds on to inflammation. And so that is the vicious cycle you spoke about is without your gut being in check, it's almost impossible to regulate proper weight. And you'll see this over and over again. I saw people come in, do workout three times a week, doing Zumba classes and spin classes. And, and by and large, if you looked at their diet, a di- dietitian or nutritionist would say, man, this is perfect. I had one woman, her name was Julie. She was referred to as by a, a health club chain because we do this virtually now through telemedicine. We work with folks all over the world, give them a health coach, walk them through this elimination reintroduction process to help them restore their gut health, reduce the inflammation and essentially watch the body just go to work. Uh, but this woman, Julie, had worked out with a personal trainer three times a week for a year. She felt better. She had some strength, but she didn't lose a pound that whole time. Her diet was phenomenal, according to every you know nutrition magazine out there and dietitian. Well, the trainer, of course, recommended, well, maybe you should speak to your doctor. So the doctors checked her thyroid, uh, checked her hormone levels, checked her hypothyroid, you know, looked, spent thousands of dollars in testing, and they all came up empty. Well, as you can imagine... That, set, that was sowing deep in her doubt, right? It was causing her stress and she was already ongoing this inflammation. So finally the trainer said, hey, we just partnered with Better Health. Why don't you take a look? She goes through the process and the methodology. She starts fo- focusing on improving her gut health and reducing inflammation. She loses 42 pounds in 60 days, all right? Con- was able to convert 42 pounds in 60 days without starving herself, with eating a variety of fruits, vegetables, lean proteins. She wasn't counting calories. and In addition, she said her sleep, her anxiety, her mood, all of that had increased. The the quality of her skin improved. She had uh, some suffering from psoriasis. That went away, which makes sense because your gut, when we talk about your gut, a lot of people think it's an external or an internal organ. It's actually an external organ, just like this, your skin. So it's all connected. So to me, that's a great sign that we did improve her gut because we could see her outside skin looking good. And, her, and what she uncovered by doing that elimination reintroduction was her food triggers, and this is going to blow everyone's mind, were not cheeseburgers. It was quinoa, Greek yogurt, and raspberries. 
that was those were the foods that when she introduced them were causing her way to stall, give her fatigue and slow down. It's mind boggling. And every one of us have this unique food print. No poop tests required. They got a lot of these poop tests out there for gut health of all the rage, but the science just isn't really there to apply to your specific environment. The water and the wind and the air and the environment that you're in over the pond and where I am here in, in South Carolina, uh, North Carolina in the Southern states, it's different. So you can't apply that principle. You just have to, again, experiment on yourself internally and, and you'll see that inflammation come out of your body and let your body go to work. And that's a, that's a story I like to tell because it's so, everyone that comes to me has like, I've tried everything. I've worked my butt off and it's gotta be my thyroid. It's gotta be genetics. I'm just designed to be this way. And that's the doubt, right? It sows more of that. And that's why these people are so cynical, skeptical. They wanna give up all the time. And I think we're making it worse. I think when we see the Instagrams and the people saying, just do it and you gotta to commit to change they keep focusing on the wrong body of cells. They're focusing on what they think is a behavioral issue when really it's a physiological issue. Yeah, again, like you said at the start, it comes back to that inflammation and then we start doubting ourselves because we're not seeing the results that we want. We are told that food and exercise, that's all we need to change if we want to change our weight. But in reality, there are these additional factors that most people won't even think about like, our gut health and there is a lot of research like it is something I'm quite interested in and there's so much research like you mentioned with the mice study that is showing that our gut health and the composition of our gut microbes really can affect the way we put fat on our weight how difficult it is to maintain a certain weight so let's move on to how does gut health affect our mental health? Well, for two ways, right? So if you if you do not restore your gut health and you keep gaining weight inexplicably, <laughs> uh, it's going to affect your mental health because you're going to be really depressed about, you know, the fact that you're, you've tried all these things and there's something wrong with you. So just from your own connecting the dots and logical, trying to be pragmatic, you're going to point blame at yourself, which is, you know, going to feed that doubt. So that's how it affects your brain. From a physiological perspective, 90% of the, your body's serotonin, which is your body's happy hormone, or one of the body's happy hormones, but one of the most significant ones, is made in the digestive system. So if your digestive system is off, you've made it almost impossible to express happiness. In addition to that, you're putting your body in a vicious cycle because the more your body has that type of stress, it puts it into fight or flight mode right? So there's that chemical stress that causes your body to go into fight or flight mode, where that's when your brain prioritizes anxiety and fear over joy and happiness, because it goes into that reptilian survival mode and survival mode doesn't know joy and happiness. It knows I got to stay alive. And the longer you're in that mode and your body's secret, you know, your adrenal glands are going crazy, secreting norepinephrine, adrenaline, eventually cortisol. What ends up happening is at the end of the night, because this world is so full of doubt and inflammation and stress, we go to reality TV shows. We go to the dumbest thing on television to keep our mind off of it. So what's, gr what's great about television in a way is at night when you just need to shut your brain off for a second and it, and it needs to unwind, you can just put this dumb mind numbing show on 
And what happens is the reptilian brain slows down for a second, but then the physiologically physio, physiological part of your body kicks in. Just like if you were running a marathon at the end, you would be craving electrolytes and, uh, or after a workout, a vigorous workout, you, you know, you get these big cravings. Well, the same thing happens when you're chronically under stress and your body wants to replenish the muscle and it's going to have cravings for sodium, potassium, and sugar, which is why if you're on the couch watching this show, and this happens to all of us, this happens to fit individuals and non-fit individuals, everyone under stress will somewhere, somehow find those cravings. If every, if, when I used to do this with trainers, I, they'd raise their hand. They said, oh my God, I crushed a pizza last night. <laughs> you know, I was so stressed out. So you get up off the couch and you go to the counter and you see all this great fruit there. But for some reason, your body doesn't crave that, which is nuts because someone 200 years ago would be like, you have a fresh pineapple? I've never even seen a pineapple, mate. That's incredible. Um, but we don't want it. Then we open the fridge and there's nothing in there. So we go to the pantry, or as I call it, the coffin, and there's your salt and there's your sweet. And if you're having a really stressful day, you're defrosting a, a cheesecake in the microwave while you're pounding potato chips. And then of course you feel terrible. And then all that garbage goes into your digestive system, disrupts the biome even more, causes more inflammation, more stress. Now mentally you wake up feeling bad. You didn't sleep, which while you're sleeping is where you're converting most of your fat to energy. And again, vicious cycle keeps going. So how it affects your mental health from a physiological standpoint is is there there's an actual connection between the brain and the gut through the vagus nerve uh, so they have both a physical connection and then they have a neurochemical connection through neurotransmitters and hormones and when it's off it could swing your moods and of course it causes all the other physiological effects that make you feel terrible and bad and poor sleep and, and energy and excitement and it, you know it's that to me is the connection that if you first make that connection more so than the weight and the inflammation, if you make the connection that without focusing on my gut health, I could go to as many therapies sessions as I want. I can blame myself as much as I want. I can have people tell me it's not so bad. You have, it's okay. You know, think about how many other people have it worse than you, which is actually the worst thing to say to somebody. It just creates more doubt, inflammation, and stress. The connection between the brain gut and how it affects your mental health. The, the research is all over there. And more importantly than the body of research is to just focus back on your own body. 100% that last line, focus on your own body, because yes, we have all of this research, but ultimately everybody is different and everybody's bodies are different and genetics and behaviors and preferences. So I think it's really key to also kind of look internally and figure out for yourself what works best for you. But I'm sure that everybody can relate to what you said about if someone finds that they have put a bit of weight on recently or they're struggling a little bit with motivation, it kind of feeds back into mental health because you might start feeling worse about yourself. Although a lot of people know that side of it, not many people probably know much about the actual physiological and physical connections between the brain and the gut. So that nerve that you mentioned, the vagus nerve is so, so important. And it, it's ultimately what connects the brain and the gut together, which is why the gut does have such an impact on mental health. The final part of the body that I want to ask you about when it comes to gut health is how is our skin affected by our gut health? Great question. And, and to just go back a second to the other thing, when I mentioned the vagus nerve, there's a study where they also worked with mice and they had uh, mice that had anxious behavior. And when they severed 
the uh, vagus nerve, the anxious behavior went away. So it's, it used to be, you know, right, your brain's controlling your gut, like that's, you know, if you have gut or IBS issues, it's probably because you're type A personality, you're a worrier. We're finding just the opposite. The gut is way more powerful. It's responsible for 99% of our gene expression, all of the hormones, the connection is so real that your fastest way to improve your mental and physical health is through your gut, which ultimately makes sense, right? If we, if you talk about a plant, uh, if I plant a tomato plant in my garden and if I come back in two weeks and it, it's not grown, I don't start yelling at the plant, right? Why would I yell at the plant? I, instead, I should check how much sun, how much water it's getting. And if I'm a great farmer, I check the soil. And so we need to start with our soil and the soil is the gut health. And when it comes to the skin, to your question is your skin and your gut from cheek to cheek, they're all connected. And so your skin has a microbiome, which is kind of the argument of maybe we shouldn't be constantly using, you know, all these chemicals on our skin because uh, it's getting into our bloodstream straight away, just like it would be if we, we ate it. So you should never put on your skin what you wouldn't put in, ingest into your body, but because you actually are ingesting it by going in your skin. And if most people, particularly women, will look at their labels, you're putting petrol, you're literally taking petrol oil and slathering our skin. Would you drink a can of petrol? No, but we're doing putting on our skin. And so women will often say to me, my husband did, did this process with me and he's losing weight faster. Men are just easier that way. And I said, yeah, but on average, you're putting 16 to 19 personal care products on your skin each day and he's doing none. So is it possible you've been slowly poisoning yourself every single day, sometimes a few times per day, and, and unknowingly re, you know, offsetting your skin microbiome, your internal microbiome, letting things go directly into your bloodstream. And oftentimes people say, does it really go straight into your bloodstream? Well, have you heard about the nicotine patch? They, they do this all the time with, with drugs, right? They put the patch on and timer releases into your body to get it. That's the same thing that happens with these skincare products because they're water soluble, they can get right through. And that, when you look at how it can affect your skin, it's from the inside out. So if I'm allowing my body to have a good microbiome, I don't have as much inflammation. My body's going to absorb more of the good nutrients. It's going to turn those good nutrients into new cells, tissues, and organs. And of course, the, the largest organ in the body is your skin. And so it's immediately going to clear up your skin. We always think we have to clear up our skin topically, like putting things on top of it, which is crazy because it's actually killing off the natural bacteria that are, are helping our skin and it's destroying it. If you just drank 60 to 80 ounces of water a day and you focused on the healthy fruits and vegetables that restored your microbiome, in 10 days, everyone's gonna say, what have you been doing to your skin? And that's the great moment because now I know that your digestive system follows suit. You know, it's uh, with the easiest skincare routine starts in the gut. Oh, that's so crazy. It's crazy how the chemicals in our skincare can go straight through into the bloodstream. And I don't think that's something that is really widely known. Or if it is known, I don't think people really think about it when they're buying their creams. They're too busy looking at what SPF it has or the vitamin E that's in the cream instead of looking at the back and thinking, what of these chemicals should I actually be putting on my skin and what should I avoid? So you did mention there about the fruits and veggies and that kind of thing, but are there any particular foods that we can add to our diet or any lifestyle changes we can make that will really enhance our gut health? 
Yeah, so not being afraid of fiber. Uh, and as I said earlier, when we first started, the number one all-time all selling product in the world is disease. They want us to be in a state of dis-ease so that they can sell us things. And even now with this explosion of, of you know, the buzzword gut health and probiotics and all the healthy things that are gut related, they want you to take a poop test. They, you know, again, they're trying to sell us again. They're trying to take something whole and beautiful that the body can do on its own and they're packaging it. And then what they do is they put a lot of disinformation out there because they want to say, well, you have to take this probiotic um, and this probiotic's better, but you need this one because it has this special thing. in. so then of course we go run out to the local store and we stack up on these, these pills. That is literally like throwing seeds on a desert because this is how your body repopulates the gut. When you eat an apple, and I'm not talking, there's a difference between an apple and a smoothie broken up. You wanna eat that apple because digestion starts when your body actually physically sees the food, picks it up and starts chewing it. Mainly, it's actually getting prepared the enzymes it needs to break down that specific food item. And that's why you have a nose and that's why you have taste buds because your body now is starting to get the process ready. If you take, let's say, something that's a chemically created strawberry drink, let's say, your body's like, oh, well, I'm having strawberry. It smells like strawberry, tastes like strawberry. And then it gets down there and your body's like, oh my goodness, what is this? I opened up you know, all this process for something that's chemical that's actually now making things worse and getting, you know, getting chemicals in my body that shouldn't be there. And so when you eat an apple though, you're eating that fiber and then this goes for salads and fruits and other veggies, but you're getting that high fiber and your body doesn't break that fiber down. That fiber actually goes through um, in a way it kind of acts like a, a cleaning crew. It gets through your uh, stomach, your small intestines, your large intestines, and, and then in your large intestines, it starts to ferment. And it ferments because that's what that 300 trillion natural bacteria live off of. They need food down there. Uh, so just taking a, a small pill probiotic is, is not gonna do anything if it gets there and there's nothing for it to feast on. In addition to that, the best way, you know, so have your fruits and vegetables and then adding in some fermented foods. If you're someone who's not great with, with dairy, and I submit to you that before you do an elimination reintroduction process, you may think you're not good with dairy, but you may just need to repopulate your gut and you can handle dairy again. You know, the overuse of antibiotics in our food, our water, and, and obviously at the doctor's office, when you take an antibiotic, your gut health is compromised for up to a year after that. It is completely off for up to a year. For many of those folks that are looking back, say, why have I been chronically sick? Why am I chronically worried about my weight and anxiety? Look back to when you were a baby. Were you a C-section? Did you have chronic ear infections, strep throat all the time? Were you hospitalized for a long period of time and had to take antibiotics and, and, and never got the actual proper gut bacteria for your mom? That might have thrown you out of balance so long ago, which is why this is so chronic. So to get it back quickly... So the bad news is those things wipe out the gut and the bacteria. The good news is bacteria grows fast. So within 24 to you know, 48 hours of eating some kefir, which is you know, more of a uh, dairy-based, eating kimchi, fermented foods, fermented sauerkrauts, kombucha, taking in that along with a high fiber uh, diet, fresh diet, will quickly replenish that gut microbiome. And every two weeks, your body's completely changing its mucosal lining in the gut. So really within the next 14 days, most people can have the most dramatic turnaround in their health. It doesn't have to be four times a week on a treadmill, counting calories, crushing yourself, tons of medications over a six month period. In the next 14 days, most of the people listening here will be able to convert 
10 to 15 pounds of fat to energy, dramatically improve their skin, their sleep will improve, their energy will improve, and their anxiety will drop by 50% just by eating some fermented foods with fiber, having water. And people say, okay, doc, that sounds great, but I have these terrible cravings. How am I going to stick with it? I never stick with it. Here's the best part about focusing on gut health first. When you focus on your digestive health and lowering inflammation, the first day you'll see a success. So make sure you take measurements, make sure you weigh every day, take pictures of your lunch and dinner and do it for three days straight. You'll get the reward. So you just say, hey, for three days, no alcohol, all the fruits, vegetables, water, and these, pre these probiotic foods. I do that for three days. You lose probably two to three pounds, feeling great, energy's up, mood's up. But what you're doing is you're diversifying the population of your, your gut microbiome. The more diverse your gut microbiome, the more it actually starts to crave good, healthy foods. When you do a diet or something of that nature, you actually make things worse over time and make it harder to stick with. So if it's harder to stick with, then of course you're gonna come off of it. And when you come off of it, you blame yourself. So when you're going through this first three days and you start to repopulate that gut, your cravings go away and you start to say, why am I craving an apple suddenly? What? It gets easier and easier. So the foods are high fiber, good probiotic type foods, your sleep will start to improve, your cravings will go away, your energy will come up, you'll start to convert fat like crazy. Now, I don't want you exercising during this period, right? Because we have to first reduce that inflammation and get your body in a state of ease, which is usually counterintuitive to what we've always been told about weight loss. But this is an important part to realize. Ease nourishment for a few weeks, and then you'll have the energy, you'll have the nourishment to go out and want to be more active and physical. I think it's so crazy how if we make those small changes, we can literally see our gut microbes and our gut health dramatically improve within just a few weeks. And I think that's a really good thing because it means that, you know, if we do get ill and we get put on antibiotics, we can make those changes to our diet and lifestyle. And in just a few weeks, the negative effects of those antibiotics on our gut microbes is kind of reversed sometimes you know these um say with antibiotics sometimes we have to take those for for health reasons to get rid of a bacterial infection but if we can then reverse the negative side effects of taking these that is really really helpful so with that being said, thank you so much for sharing your amazing knowledge with the listeners. Before we leave, can you tell them where they can find you and learn more about you and your services? Yeah, so the uh, website is B-E-T-R Health. So we spelled better wrong. It's B-E-T-R-Health.com. Uh, so you can find us there. Um, I think the best place to go on our website is just to go down right to the bottom and look at the reviews. I'm very proud of the fact that we're, you know, five-star rated. We have over a thousand Facebook and Google reviews, and that's near and dear to my heart because I just don't let people fail because they, there's no reason to fail. Once we put the body back in a state of ease, it flourishes. So we just work with people from all walks, seasons, life. I don't care if you're 88, you're 28, or you're worried about your 12-year-old with ADHD. Our goal is a movement and we are, we want as many people to be part of that movement as possible. So you can find us at betterhealth.com. And uh, that's probably the best way to, to um, connect with us. Of course, our Instagram, you know, you can send us a message, but uh, that is the best way. And, and one thing I would like to add, I'm sorry to add this to this, but I think it's super important. Our immune system is uh, directly tied to our gut health. And what's prevalent about today is there's studies that are showing that 
it can actually prevent you from getting COVID. And if you do get COVID, will if you have proper gut health, can reduce the chance of being hospitalized or put on a ventilator by up to 60%. Uh, I was interviewing a Duke University doctor a few weeks ago, and he was explaining that those that were showing up in the ER within 24 hours, their bad bacteria had completely taken over the good bacteria in their gut. And just and in this case, just by giving them a probiotic, this simple probiotic actually was was changing um, the outcomes for people. And they, they started studying this back with SARS. So more importantly is if you start now, the weight loss and stuff is great, better mental health, anxiety, mood, but really for immune system, if right now, if any time you're going to explore improving your digestive health, it's right now. In addition to that, um, the antibiotics have, because we've had such an overuse of them, they've created all these super bugs where you're going to have friends going in for a UTI infection and they're going to say, sorry, we ran the panel on you and um, you're, you're, this is bacteria, you're resistant, it's not, it's not going to work. And people are literally losing their lives. It's a silent pandemic that people don't really know we have going on right now, but C. diff and all these things are making a huge comeback because of the overuse antibiotics. So I caution everyone out there, weight loss is easy doing this, better sleep energy, but for, if not for any other reason for you and your family to improve your immunity, because that is going to give you your best defense for a long and happy life. Uh, thank you for adding that little bit in. That is super important, especially right now during the pandemic for people to really be aware of that. So thank you for adding that on. William, it's been a pleasure. You've shared some really amazing information and thank you so much. My pleasure. Keep it going. This is a great podcast and it was such a pleasure. And thanks for having me. So that is the end of the episode. I'm going to link William's information in the show notes if you want to go and check him out, which I would definitely suggest you do because he's doing some amazing work. If you enjoyed, like I said at the start, I'd love for you to leave me a review over on iTunes. Check out my Etsy shop, which is Finding My Fit Store. My Instagram, Finding My Fit Podcast, if you want to see some positivity and stay up to date with my new episodes. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you guys in the next one.